of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you coming and being a part of our uh, talk show. You're always welcome to call, and I'm going to give the number right now. It's 888-463-6748. Be, uh, be willing, uh, come and join us, uh, call in to us. We, uh, really appreciate you being here. What we're going to talk about this morning is probably the most important thing that you'll ever hear and the most important thing that you'll be called to do. And, so what we're talking about is our relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with God, how we get there, what happens when we get there. So this is what we're going to be bringing to you this morning. You know, the Bible says that straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. On the other hand, it says, broad is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will be there. The thing about life, about going into the gate, is that when you go into the narrow gate, your life starts broadening out. New things come into your life. You become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. A brand new life. And your life starts expanding. But if you go into the broad gate, it's just the opposite. Things start closing in on you. You don't have any hope. You wonder what life is all about. Things begin to get unraveled and things like this. So... There's two ways, and there's only two ways. And we make the choice as to which way we go. If we go the narrow way, then we have great things happening for us. In the midst of our worst difficulties, we can have joy in our lives. We can have a purpose for living and things like this. So it's very important this morning that you get the message that you need to come to the Lord Jesus if you haven't already. If you have, then I want you to call in. Call that number that I give you and tell people what God has done for you, how he has worked in your life. You know, every one of us are a little different. We all have a different story, but it all comes from the same source. We only have one way of getting to God, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're individuals, and as individuals, we all have a different experience. We live the same kind of life. We live a holy life. We love God. We love other people. We have a healthy respect for ourselves and things like this, but we all have we're in different surroundings. We have different situations. And, and I would just like for you this morning to, to call and tell everyone in the world that's listening to this program what God has done for you. So the number again is 888-463-6748. Now, how do we get into God's kingdom? First, there must be a willingness that we admit, that we're willing to admit, that we need God. If we don't have this willingness, if we think we can do it on our own, if we think that uh, this is something that we can do without, then we'll never have the experience that God has for us. The thing is, Man is not 
just automatically coming to God and in his birth, you know, and, and, uh, he automatically becomes a Christian. He automatically becomes a child of God. No, there's something we have to do. Back there in the beginning, Adam and Eve forsake God. They did things their way. They took of the fruit that they wasn't supposed to take of. And as a result of that, it brought sin, which sin is a willful transgression against God's law. It brought sin into the world. And since that time, people have been born sinners. We've been born in sin. We've been born away from God. We haven't been where God wants us to be. And without God intervening for us, without him coming into our lives and changing our lives, we'll never be any different. It'll always be the same way with us. We'll be without God, without hope in this world, and only looking for worse things ahead. But when we come to Jesus, when we come to God through Jesus, then we find that there is a glorious thing that happens to us. We are made different. We think different. We like the things we used to dislike. We hate the things we used to like and things like this. But there's a, there's a definite change that takes place in our lives when we're willing to admit that we have a need. And if you've been in this world any length of time, you know that's the case. We need people today that really know God, that are willing to share that with other people. So we, we have this today of first acknowledging that we have a need. Then we have to realize that that need can only be supplied God's way. People have tried a lot of different ways to get to God. They've tried to be good. And naturally, we need to be good. They've tried to go through different rituals, and that doesn't seem to work either. And a lot of different ways that we have seen people trying to reach out and get to God their own way. But the Bible tells us to lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now, the other thing is, If God isn't calling you, if he isn't talking to you, if he isn't showing you the things that I'm showing you, it's going to be very difficult for you to come to the realization that you really need him. We call that conviction. God convicts us. He shows us that we have a need of him. So that's the other thing. And if God is talking to you this morning about your need to come to him and you haven't came to him yet, if you have, that's that's great. But if you haven't, then the other thing is we need to repent. We need to turn away from our sins. We need to turn away from our way of doing things and letting God do it his way. So uh, turning to God through repentance. I'm not talking about penance. Penance, you have to do something in order to... Uh, for God to do something for you. But I'm talking about turning away from repenting of your sin, uh, turning your back on the things that are disobedient to God, that are grieving God, that are grieving people around you, even maybe in grieving you. Uh, you're willing to turn away from all of that and then acknowledge that Jesus is the only way that you can be saved. Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. No man or woman, boy or girl, will come to the Father except through him. Peter said, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And Paul said, there is only one mediator between God and man, and that man is Christ Jesus. So Jesus is our answer. As we come to him, and we repent, and we then accept Jesus as our Savior. We let him come into our lives. We let him uh, be our Savior, be the one who transforms our life. 
The Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all the things that, that God hates and bring us into a loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what happens to us when we're willing to take that simple step of faith. Faith is really uh, what God uses in order to transform our lives. We believe that what God says is true. So we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ does cleanse us from all sin. So by a simple faith, a simple believing, a simple accepting of what God has already done for us, we then enter into a new life in Christ Jesus, our wonderful Lord. And God is wonderful. And I'm going to tell you uh, in the next segments just how wonderful God really is and how much he wants to do for us today. But we got to come in this narrow gate. And what makes it narrow is that there's only one way. There's only one path. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive today. We cannot say that about anyone else that has died, but Jesus rose, and he's interceding for us. He's praying for us to the Father. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is praying for us now. The Bible tells us that the angels rejoice over one person that turns to God, that accepts Jesus as their Savior. And the people of God also rejoice when this happens. They're, they realize through our own lives what God has done for us that he can do for anyone. God is no respecter of person. It doesn't make any difference what your sins are, how long you've been in sin, how bad they are, and all of this. God will forgive anyone who comes to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we come to him, we will be changed in our lives. God will definitely do that for us. I can tell you from experience that this is true because he has did it for me. He came into my life 57 years ago, and it's just as good today as it's ever been. God has wonderfully transformed my life, and I could uh, take a long time in telling you, you know, 50 year, 57 years is, is quite a while, and to tell you all the different things that God has done. But I want you to know that through personal experience, this isn't something that I'm just talking to you about out of a book or something I heard about, but this is something that I've experienced for 57 years of walking with God and the wonderful life that he has given me, I just uh, need to thank and praise him for. And anyone who comes to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, this is their similar experience. They thank God for knocking on their heart's door and bringing them into a loving relationship with him. We're coming pretty close to our, our break. We're not quite there yet, but we're uh, pretty close and and uh, I just want you to know that, that God does love you. And in the next part of our uh, segments here, we're going to talk about the different aspects of the Christian life once you've gotten into the life. So uh, this is Howard Wright, your uh, host uh, for Rivers of Living Water, and it's on talk, TalkZone.com. of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Well, welcome back. We're glad to have you staying with us through this time. 
And uh, I want to give the number again because we do want to hear your testimony of what God has done for you. And so the number is 888-463-6748. If God has done something for you in your life, then we want to hear about it. So call in today and, and tell us what wonderful things God has done for you. Now, some of the aspects, once you've gotten into God's kingdom through the Lord Jesus Christ, you've experienced a new life in Christ. Old things passed away and all things become new. And you're uh, in this way with the Lord. Let's talk about some of the aspects. First of all, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. So Jesus is the root and the shoot of our relationship with him. And we're the branches. So you're one of the branches. And the branch is the one that has the fruit. And Jesus said, if you know me, you'll bring forth much fruit. What fruit are we talking about? What fruit would be common to every one of us? First of all, when we're a child of God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, We want to help others come to him as well. And so part of that fruit is helping others find the Lord Jesus like we have. So we go out and tell people what God has done for us and and these things. But the fruit that we're talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5. This is the fruit that he's talking about. And we bring forth much fruit. Our love is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have the peace that God gives and the world can't take away from us. It's a whole new thing with us once we have the Lord Jesus. So we bring forth fruit. It's not something we have to work on. It isn't something we have to force ourselves into. When we're connected to the Lord Jesus, he being the root and the the, uh, trunk of the tree, so to speak, and we're the branches, we just automatically bring forth fruit in our season. Just like here we are in springtime over here, and and, uh, everything is getting ready to have fruit. All the trees, the fruit trees and everything are are getting ready to have fruit. Now, they're going to have fruit. We know that because they're fruit trees. And we are part of the vine. We're the branches. And we bear forth fruit. Our life is a loving, kind, gentle type of life. We reach out to people with, with the same love that God reached out to us. The Bible tells us that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so we're willing to thank God through the way that we act to other people. The Lord tells us, you know, such things that if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. And that we're to be gentle with even those that are uh, hateful and mean. We're even supposed to love our enemies and definitely to love our neighbors as ourselves, and things like this. And these are the fruit that come out from a person who's connected to the Lord Jesus Christ through his atoning grace. Maybe some of these terms I'm using, you'll have a hard time understanding. But the grace of God is something that we get that we don't deserve, but he gives it to us anyway. And it's by his grace that we're able to live a life that is pleasing to God and is a blessing to others around us and a life that we don't have to be ashamed of. We don't have to uh, feel like that, what am I going to do next that I shouldn't do? Because we're controlled by the Holy Spirit once we accept Jesus as our Savior. I might also tell you that once the person does become a Christian, there is something inside of us that likes to jump up once in a while. We call that the carnal spirit. But I want you to know that you can also get rid of that. 
that God does have a way of taking care of that in your life, too. The Bible teaches us that the old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we not serve sin. We're not the servants of sin. You can't serve two masters. You either serve the Lord Jesus Christ or you serve the devil in his way. And so once we have become a Christian, then we can give our hearts completely to the Lord. We are now alive in Christ, and and the Bible is very clear in telling us that we can have that old carnal spirit taken care of, and the Holy Spirit is in our lives, helping us to stay clean and pure all the time. The Bible tells us if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So once we've had that and, and we're attached to the vine, then we're bringing forth fruit of love and joy and all this fruit of the Spirit. Now, another aspect is that we are the sheep and Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd in, in us. So he's the one that guides us. A good shepherd will go into the pastor and take care of everything that's obnoxious weeds and, you know, things like that that would uh, harm the sheep. He takes you into a pastor where everything is just exactly the way it should be. And he cares for you individually. Even if you is the only person in this world, he would care for you. You're not lost in the shuffle. God knows you very well. And he knows where you're at. He knows what you're doing. He knows what your problems are and everything. So as a good shepherd, he takes care of his sheep. He anoints your head with oil. He leads you into the paths of righteousness. He brings you into uh, a field where you can eat to your heart's content and be refreshed, refreshed and blessed in him. So he is our good shepherd. He cares for his sheep. He cares for you. Now, a sheep is, it needs a shepherd. A sheep is totally lost without a shepherd. That's the reason why we have a shepherd with sheep, because they tell us that a sheep is kind of dumb, and it uh, can get dirty, and it, it needs constant care. And a good shepherd cares for his sheep. He looks after his sheep. The Bible tells us about a sheep, a sheep that got lost. And the shepherd left the ninety and nine that were in the field and went out looking for the one that was lost. Jesus is looking for the lost sheep today. The Bible tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned to our own way. But the Lord has laid upon us upon him, upon Jesus, our means of being saved, of being brought into him. So the good shepherd is looking for the sheep. When he finds the sheep, he rejoices. God rejoices at every lost sheep. Everyone starts out a lost sheep, but the good shepherd is out there looking for his sheep. So we have that as one aspect we have the good shepherd caring for the sheep, and you're the sheep, and you need the shepherd. You need someone that can be with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. People can't do that, but God can. God also knows what your needs are. And so he, he is uh, wanting to take care of his sheep, and he will do that. And it's wonderful to know that we have a God like that, that takes a special interest in each one of us and takes care of us and doesn't allow our minds to be messed up. He doesn't allow the wolf to come in and devour us and all these things. He takes care of us. He takes care of his sheep, and he wants to take care of you today. If you've come to know the Lord, uh, maybe just in this meeting or even years, we never get to the place where we don't need the shepherd. 
we never get to the place where we know so much that we can just do it on our own. And the moment we try to do that, we're in trouble. But if we'll stay close to the shepherd, if we'll just keep our hand in God's hand and let him work marvelously and wonderfully in our lives, then the Lord will indeed take care of us. He will be our good shepherd. He will hear our prayers. He knows our prayers. He knows what our needs are before we even ask him. But he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it shall, shall be open to you. He hears our voice. He knows where we're at. And we can just let him have his wonderful way with us. Put your hand, your life in the hands of the good shepherd and you will be taken care of very carefully and very wonderfully through him today. We're coming up on our break again. And this is Howard Eugene Wright, the host of Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thank you for coming back with us and staying with us as you are. And we do want to hear from you today. Um, The number is 888-463-6748. If you're experiencing what I'm talking to you about, then we want you to come on the station today and tell everyone about what God has done for you. You know, we're not just uh, one person and and uh, in the middle of nowhere. We're part of a body. Jesus is the head, and we are the members of the body. We talk about the body of Christ. And so what does this what is this? You know, every part of the body works together perfectly. If it doesn't, then we're sick. But when the body works together perfectly, then we can do great things. If it isn't working together, then we're probably in bed or on our way to death or whatever, you know. But the body of Christ, each each of us are members Some of us can do things better than others. We all have different kinds of talents. There's different things that we can do that no one else can do. So in the body of Christ, we have some people that have good discernment. We have people that have a loving heart, uh, maybe more than others. And so when all of the body is put together in unity, and we're all together in one in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and Jesus is the head. So Jesus being the head, he's the command center, isn't he? He's the one that operates everything. And through the nerve center, we have him working with one part of the body and working with the other part of the body. And in a real church, and the church is the body of Christ, The Bible tells us the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. And the truth is what sets people free. And so the body is one in the Lord. And each part of the body has its particular function. You might say, well, I can't do much. God doesn't count on how much we can do. He just counts on what we can do and what we're willing to do. And it might seem like a little thing. Even the small parts of our body have important functions. You do much better with a little finger than you would with one cut off, don't you? And we might think, well, this part of the body is not worth much, so I'll just not worry about that one. But God has given us a body where each part is important. You're important. You're very important. If you don't do your part in the body of Christ, then it just might not get done. So we need people that are willing to do the small things as well as the big thing. You know, a lot of people would like to do the big things. They'd like to just say, well, I'll just 
I'll do this great big thing for God, but how about the person that's kind of back there in the corner somewhere and no one knows much what they're doing, and yet they're in the body of Christ, they're doing this, what appears to be a little thing, but many times what appears to be little is what's holding the rest of it together. Each part of our body is made up of cells, and those cells have different functions within our body. Our liver cells have the same genetics as our brain cells do, and yet they have different functions. We also have different functions. So don't think that just because you're doing some little thing that that's not important. You're very important, and God wants to use you regardless of where it's at. We don't have a choice as to what part we want to be. And if everyone was an eye, the Bible tells us, well, where would the ear be? If everyone was a foot, where would the hand be? We're not all the same. But as we are willing to do our part, then the body can move forward one step at a time. And the heart, our heart, the heart of Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We have, we're a part of the body of Christ. So this is so important as Christians that we realize that we're part of the body. The Bible also tells us that we are a part of the building. Jesus is the foundation of the building, and we are the lively stones. Each building, each lively stone is put in its particular place to make the building. Can you imagine that if in a brick building, if all the bricks said, well, I don't like this particular place, I think I'll go somewhere else. It would crumble pretty quickly, wouldn't it? So as being a building, Jesus being the solid foundation, and the foundation is the most important part of the building. If you don't have a solid foundation, then the building will crash. If you build the building on sand, which is, you know, man's idea of, of how things ought to be done, or as intelligent as that person may be, they can't do what God wants to be done. So we need this solid foundation. We need the Lord Jesus Christ to build our life upon. And that's really what the building is. It's the life being built upon God's foundation, God's way of doing things. So we have the building, and Jesus is the foundation. We're the lively stones. And so the building looks beautiful because each member of Christ is beautiful. And the building is alive. It's radiant. It looks wonderful. And that's what makes it so is because we are living stones. Another thing, another aspect is that we, we are, um, we're, we're a part of a fellowship. We're a fellowship of believers. That means that there is a condrenship, that we're brothers and sisters in the Lord when we become Christians. We are a brother and sister in the Lord. So we, we have a fellowship, a fellowship of believers, a fellowship of those who love the Lord. My wife and I went to Uganda for six years and helped start a Christian work over there with Christian workers. And as we would land at these different airports, we'd have to stay for a little while. It seemed like we always found a Christian somewhere, and the Christians always found us. And there was such a fellowship, even though I hadn't known these people before, and they hadn't known me, there was a kind of a bond there. And we could just feel that loving bond between us. 
and I'd I'd drop over at England, and we'd go over to Kenya, or we we would go to uh, Rwanda, different places like that, and we would always find Christians, and it would always be that kind of fellowship. So there's a fellowship of Christians that's unlike anything else. It's a bond that binds us together, and we're not just friends for a while. You know you have fair-weather friends. As long as everything's going okay, then it's fine, but the moment that things start falling apart, they're no more. They're not there. It's kind of like the prodigal son, you know. He went out, and and uh, he was uh, doing fine. Uh, I think it's about time for me to take a break again. Um, this is Howard Eugene Wright, and we're at Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thank you for staying with us. We have a little more time in this last time because I believe I got confused on on the time, but uh, we'll have a little more time. So I want you to call 888-463-6748 and give us your testimony of what God has done for you. We are considered a chosen generation. As Christians, we're born-again children of God. And because of that, we're a a chosen generation. We're, like I told you before, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. So this means that we have a heritage. Not only do we are we just children of God, we also have a future. We have a heritage. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. As a chosen generation, we're building something bigger than ourselves. And we are part of the family of God because of that. So we are a generation of people that are very different than the generation that we're living in. And because of that, some people just don't understand what's going on with us. There's a lot of things that we like that other people don't like, and there's things that we don't like that that they would like. So um, it's because we are a part of this chosen generation that God has given us, a generation of born-again, spirit-filled Christians. And following that is that we are peculiar people. We are a different kind of people. I think that's come through. And uh, you know what we really want to do is, is get close enough to God that we can feel these things. Just, just hearing about what I'm talking to you about today isn't enough. You need to know this yourself. And if you know it yourself, then you will know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a chosen generation. And uh, the Bible says we're a peculiar people. But this does not mean that we're strange, that we do strange things. This this means that we are uh, a chosen kind of people. God chose us. We didn't choose him. God made the rules. We didn't make the rules, did we? But in the midst of all of that, we can be the kind of people that are different than anyone else. People need to see people that are different, not just the same old thing. They need to see people that have a heart of love for them, whether they are on their side of the track or not, so to speak. They still need to have people that are 
willing to go the second mile, are willing to do things a little differently and make a difference in other people's lives. And we can do this better when we have a connection with God, when we're connected with Him, when we have Him in our hearts and our lives. And He is working through us to will and do of His good pleasure. Another thing is, we're a priesthood of believers. Now, we we don't have to have priests as maybe the people that are leading us. We're all priesthood. We're all people that are praying for others, that are working to help others, and things like this. So there's a priesthood of believers that each one of us are a part of when we know the Lord as our Savior and our Lord, when we have come to Him and let Him be the life that He wants us to be for Him. We're, we're also a nation. We, we're a, a nation in the sense that we're building a kingdom. Jesus is the Lord of Lords and kingdom, King of Kings in this kingdom, and we are the servants of the true and living God. So we have a nation, and every one of us is in that nation. Then we're, we're also an army. We're fighting in a battle. And the more we try to do for God, the greater battle we're going to be in. And we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. In other words, we're not wrestling with people. We're wrestling with the forces of evil, the devil himself, and the devil's crowd. And we have so much of this today, but we need to realize that we are in an army in the sense that we're using weapons that are not of this world. Our weapons are not carnal, the Bible tells us, but they're spiritual. And so we have, we are marching in an army, and Jesus is the commander-in-chief. He's the one that is leading us. He started it all. He fought the devil when he was up on this earth. There was demons that are all time he had to handle. And we're in a world today that is no different than what it was back there. And so we have to realize that we're in a battle. We're in a battle that we can win because Jesus has never lost a battle yet. We see things all around us that are waging against God. We have people that want to take and have taken prayer out of our schools and and uh, want to take the Ten Commandments off the walls and so on and so forth, we have this battle, but it's, we're not battling with those people. We're battling with the one that is inspiring those people to do the things that are doing they're doing today. And so we're not we're not in a, a battle that uh, is any like any other. It's in a uh, a real battle. You know, I feel like today that I'm really fighting a battle. And uh, it seems like I'm having a hard time getting words together and things. But, you know, we know what the end is. We've read the last chapter. And as we read the chapters in Revelation, we know that, that we can be more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. And the battle is not to get territory. It's not to win this nation uh, and have it, to have the silver and gold and all the things, the prestige, the, the power, the authority, the things that uh, the world looks at today, people that don't know God, you know. They're, the, they're fighting those kind of things. That's what they want. They want more money. They want more prestige. They want more power. That's not what we're doing because the Bible tells us the greatest among you is the one that serves. And so... In this battle that we're doing, 
we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and let him lead us, let him help us in this battle that we're fighting. And anyone who has been a Christian for any length of time is in a battle. It doesn't take very long. You ask God to come into your life. You ask him to come and save you from your sins. You you ask him to be your Savior and Lord, like I told you at the beginning. And immediately the devil will say, well, why did you feel like that? You, This is just a feeling you had. It'll go over. This is just the fad you have. You'll forget about it. And that was some of the things that was told me when I first became a Christian. My uh, family were not living for the Lord in in a, a Christian setting. They were very good people, very kind people, but uh, hadn't really known the Lord in, the, in that way. And they, they they thought that something had happened to me. Well, it did. I was transformed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As time went on, uh, they all came to the Lord. And uh, I've got family now that my mother and father and all of them that are in heaven with him today. But the battle is is something that goes on all the time. And so we need to have the Lord to strengthen us in this battle that we have. And the weapons that we have is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, that's one of our weapons, the the holy life that we live, shunning the wrong and, and doing the right and loving God and loving people. That That's one of our weapons that we use. The Word of God is our weapon as well. The Bible talks about the Word of God as being the, the sword of the Spirit. And so the Word of God is our weapon as well. And the Word is the truth. And we know that that God is right here with us, helping us in this battle that we fight. And any time we try to reach out and touch someone else and try to help them to realize uh, that they can have a new life in Christ, we're going to face a battle. The devil's going to do everything he can to shut us up and keep us from saying too much. But I want you to know today, I don't care how much the devil fights me. I don't care how vicious it gets. I've made up my mind. I'm going the way of the Lord. And I trust that many of you that are talking, that are listening to me just now have made your same uh, commitment to the Lord. Because you see, in the midst of all this, we're, we're love slaves for Jesus. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. And we glorify God in our bodies and in our spirits. It's a entirely new thing that God has given us that's so much superior to anything that we could get from any other source. We really need Jesus today more than we ever have. We see at Christmas time, you know, they're talking about this, that, and the other. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the answer, and Jesus is our answer for all the things that we have today. Jesus is not something out there that that uh, is trying to take the good things away from us. He's trying to take the bad things away from us and give us joy and peace in the things that we've been talking about today. And and so uh, we're also the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom, and we're the bride. And so the the Lord likened this to marriage. He said, as Christ loved the church, we should also love one our wives and our husband. So the the bride of Christ, we are in a marriage, and we have made a commitment, and we're not going to turn back. We're not going to look behind us. We're going to press forward in the precious name of Jesus. We're going to let God have his way. Let him uh, be in our lives and let him make us what he wants us to be. God loves us today. He loves us very much. He wants us to be a part of his family. He wants us to be a part of his workforce. He, he wants us to be involved. 
We need to be involved in the lives of others. We need to live the kind of life that people can see Jesus through it. That we're in, we're in His presence. We can feel Him. They can feel Him. They can know that they're in the presence of a person who is different than anyone else. The world has a lot of people that are the same, been put in the mold. And the world likes to press us into our, His mold. But the Lord has told us that our minds need to be transformed. We need to be renewed in our minds. We need to be transformed. And God has that transforming grace for us if we're willing to just let God have His way and do things His way, then we can be assured that God will take care of us just like He has so many others. We have a history behind us of what God has done for others. We have the God of grace and love that's with us. And we can know Him in all of His fullness and all of His love today. There are other aspects that I haven't covered. The way of Christ is so glorious and so wonderful. We can't give it in an hour. We can't give it in a lifetime. We need to know it by doing it, by being a part of it, by letting God come into our lives and change us and transform it. That's what makes the difference. That's what is going to make the difference in your life. That's what's going to make the difference in your family, in your community, in your nation, and in your world, is to let God be God in your life and let him love you and you love him and you love the people. And if you do that, then this world will be a much better place to live in. Thank you again for being a part of Rivers of Living Water. I trust that in my uh, stumbling around and, and feeble talking that you will uh, have gained something. So this is Howard Eugene Wright and, and with Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. <laughs> 